1: Be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, just want to give you a heads up. I just finished up a week of two surgeries and trying to get things squared away. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to listen to some pre recorded sermons and things of that nature that happened over the last week. But uh, we'll be right back with you. Make sure you listen to this. This is on the occasion of my 40th anniversary. Debbie and I were at Bemidji Baptist Church in Bemidji, Minnesota. And I just wanted to share this with you. The folks in really liked it, and some of the uh, wounded spirits folks who were there said, Doug, please play this for the folks, so here you go. Uh, But I was thinking, how many people have an opportunity to open the Word of God and be with you guys, and thank you for that, honestly, and thank you for all the help you've given us to be here, and uh, just thank you, just thank you for being here, that's a real blessing to us, and I thought the week went well, it was a little lower than last year, but I feel like the depth was there. We already have people who went there and gave other people our names. I got people writing me, I noticed, on the message system on Wounded Spirits tonight, from the meeting we had, from someone who worked at the camp, from somebody who came to the camp letting someone else know. And it's always great when you can see God working like that. And, uh, and, and I think I love this area. I've fallen in love with Lake Bemidji, and I just love walking around it. Uh, I love the people I meet here in town. You guys are great, and I don't think you're all smoking pot. I just think about half the people are. And... Uh, and it's okay. You can give it up. It's all right. Just, uh, uh, but some people around here, they, they, you know, there's, everywhere I go, this is what I know for sure. There's God's people, and they're making a difference. I believe you're doing that. And there's some people who are stuck somewhere, and we just want to come up alongside of them and, and be a blessing to them and help them along. And uh, I think that's a big deal. And then, of course, seeing Jeff and Char, I love Jeff, and uh, him having a shoulder surgery and hanging tough. And, and Charlie there, you know, that's a good dog right there. But. I got to tell you what, I mean, Charlie, the energy's not, Rusty's got the energy. So, uh, Rusty, so there was a deer in the yard. Charlie and Rusty come flying out the door. Charlie sits alongside of me and barks, and Rusty goes after him. That. <laughs> Rusty's all in. So, if you need a dog to borrow, borrow Rusty. That's the tough <laughs> one right there. Uh, but if you want someone just to eat the table scraps, bring Charlie. And... Uh, you know, Charlie, so I, I broke a t- treat in half because Jeff had me feel guilty because I was giving them both their own treat, and I snuck them another treat. And when I did that, you know, Charlie, like, eats his treat. He does, you know how you have kids like that? They don't even chew. And Charlie's trying to pull it out of Rusty's mouth. Anyway, open the Word of God with me tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're in Chapter 2. We're in the Book of John. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Pastor, uh, for all you guys did this past week. It made my, my life complete. Uh, The Bible says over here in chapter 2 and verse number 1, it says, In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what do I have to do with thee? Mine hour has not yet come. The mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Dear God, we love you. Lord, we beg you if there's one amongst us tonight who's not saved, oh God, that none here would ever see the gates of hell and that you would save them and would be quick, Lord, to give you the honor and glory. You alone can save. You alone can change lives. You alone can help us. Lord, I'm sure as I talk tonight, there are many among us that are hurting physically, spiritually, mentally. I know, Lord, that we need, we need you. We need you to breathe. We can't even breathe without you. And we come to you tonight, Lord, and we would just ask you to open our hearts, open our ears, open our eyes to your message tonight. And dear God, you would do a work in our hearts. And uh, Lord, we'd be a little different because we looked at your word tonight. We love you, Lord, and we need you in Christ's name. Amen. There's a lot going on here at the marriage. Uh, and uh, I, I was thinking about this. You know, I go, always go back to Debbie and my marriage. So here's the hard part here. I'll kind of go through it quick. So, Debbie and I were not saved when we got together. And uh, we thank God, God kept us together during those times. But actually, just before I met Debbie, I had decided that I needed a girl to marry, and I came up with a plan to get one. So, what happened is my buddy, uh, Debbie, will tell you this. <laughs> My my buddy Butchie, so I had I had three friends, and I called them Butchie Tadpole. I everybody in town called him Butchie. He didn't. He died recently, and they put Butchie Butchie on his gravestone, and I, I I hate that about it. But anyway, I didn't mind naming him back then. But Butchie, Butchie and I came up with an idea that certainly. Because, you know, you would meet girls and stuff, and it just didn't work. You guys know how it goes. So we came up with this idea that I was going to open the yearbook, and I was going to pick out ten girls and call them and ask any of the. We were going to rate these ten, 10- and again, there's nothing spiritual here, all right? I don't want you guys getting mad at me. I'm not talking about when I was saved. I'm talking about before I was saved. So we pulled out the yearbook, and Butchie and I picked out the ten best looking girls. Two years before my class to one year after my, anyway. Now, one year before my class to two years after my class, and we wrote their names down, and we were able to come up with phone numbers, even without Facebook and stuff like that. They were old-fashioned phone books back then. So we wrote down to 10 girls' numbers. Then the hard part of the story comes along. I had to ask these girls to be part of a competition to go out with me. So what I did is I would call them. So I called the first girl and I would say, Hello, you know, this is Doug. They go, Oh, hey, Doug, how are you? And I say, hey, I just want to clarify, you're not going out with anybody. And they would say, No, I'm not going out with anybody. Why? You know, that's the way people talked back then. And uh, I said, actually, I'm in a position right now, I'm looking for a wife, and I, I believe the next girl I go out with, I'm gonna marry. I said, I'm just sick of this, you know, I'm 21 years old. I don't know how long I can take this. I said, uh, just, just because, you know, I'm girl candy and stuff, everybody just abuses me. And I said, I'm looking for that person. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, and they said, so what are you asking me out? And I said, kind of. I said, we're trying to convene everybody at my friend's house. And we're going to ask several questions, kind of like the dating game. You know, it's stuff you're real familiar with if you, were, if you were brought up back then, right? We're going to bring you in, we're going to ask several questions, and my friend Butchie and I are going to give you points. And the person who answers the best question gets enough points. I'm going to go out with them, and inevitably, I'm going to marry them. So there's a good chance it could be you. Well, as you can imagine, there was a little bit of hesitation with that, you know? and. Uh, 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 Seven of the girls called me names. One girl hung up on me. One girl asked me if I was smoking pot. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. But there were three. There were three that agreed to the whole situation. So we brought them over to this house. Debbie had been there many times. It's before I met Debbie. No, it was right around the time I met Debbie. We weren't thinking about each other in a uh, marriage type of way at that point. Uh, So anyway, we were friends at work, that's all. But... So we bring these three people in, all right? And they're good human beings, you know? And we sat three chairs down around my buddy's house. And at this point, people are gathering from around town. You know, word got around Doug's marrying one of these three girls. He's going to make them his wife. It's going to be, a, you know, so I mean, these were good times, all right? So anyway... We brought these three girls in and my buddy Butchie's sister took three by five cards and she wrote out the questions real nice. It was real professional. And (laughs) anyway, I got up there, I thanked them all for coming there and told them one of them inevitably would be my wife. And uh, just hang in there that I thought a lot of all of them. You know, they made the cut out of the yearbook, they mattered to me. (laughs) That I had called ten girls but they were the only ones willing to make that next step. And uh, so I was real serious with them, and, and so I went to the first girl to ask her a question. Actually, Butchie was asking her a question. I was watching the way she answered her, her eyes. You know, we, we made some parameters for what we were looking for. And anyway, this first girl looks at me and says, Doug Kerrigan, you pick me right now or I'm out of here. And she bailed. And I said to the other two, I said, see, this is exactly what I'm looking for here. If, if one more of you would bail, this would be all done. I said, I thought enough of you to bring you together. And congregate you and uh, I I'm gonna marry one of you and I said the best thing we can do we can still go through and we went through all the questions and no one no one blew their tops or anything and I got all done and I said listen I said statistically you guys are even you're a little prettier you have a nicer car I said (laughs) I I said I don't know what to do and uh, and butchie my buddy butchie he was a winner he he used to hit on Debbie all the time too (laughs) he's like listen You both can win. Why don't you take me, (laughs) why don't you take Doug, and we're all done. Well, they didn't agree to that. But anyway, uh, Butchie got me in a fight, one of the first times I went out with Debbie. He said some guy was, he was that kind of guy. But anyway, so we all agreed that I was gonna pick one of them, and I needed a week or two to finish up, and that I could call with follow-up questions as long as I gave both girls the same follow-up question. We made some rules, Uh, there, there was nothing bad going on here, we hugged each other goodbye. And they left. And I'm like, Butchie, I am messed up. And he says, I'm not. You know, I'd pick this one. I said, I was thinking about the other one. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, in the middle I met Debbie. And, and Debbie, like, just became part of my life, like, that quick. And so I got these two girls out there. And they heard that I'm hanging out with Debbie. And they're like, I thought you were marrying one of us. And I said, man, it just didn't work. And I think if one of them would have passed, I, I really, that, that was God's will that neither one passed. Because I told Hey, folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us.
0: Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
1: are from Bemidji told them I'm all in and so anyway that's how Debbie and I got together so Debbie and I got together Uh, I don't know what's going on with those other two girls but I'll tell you they were some good girls and I'm very I'm very thankful they went the whole run with us they answered a lot of questions Uh, you know some like what kind of sandwich would you make Doug if he's hungry and you're married in the middle of the night And they would talk about the construction of this, and they had some good sandwiches. And I mean, it's like, whoa, she's talking ham and cheese. She's talking roast beef. I mean, what do you do? It was hard. But anyway, so I met Debbie. And so uh, this wedding means something to me here in the Bible because God gave us a biblical marriage. I got saved. Listen, if you got married before you were saved, can I tell you something? God can touch you, touch your marriage, and touch your life. I believe God providentially kept Debbie and I together. And we've, we had a very good marriage, as good as it could be, without Christ. And, and we really liked each other. So it came time to get married. We lived in an apartment in Baltic. We were getting married in our living room. And uh, we didn't know God. And I remember I wanted to do this right. We got engaged on Valentine's Day in February of 1983. And I, I remember everything was going good. Then we had to pick someone to marry us. And we were kind of Catholic, but the priest didn't know who we were, and I hadn't went back. And, I mean, it was just bad. So I called this one Justice of the Peace guy, and I said, hey, I'd like to marry, uh, you know, my fiancé. And he said, you can have a Christian wedding for 50 bucks, a Mormon wedding for 25 bucks, uh, or a regular wedding, because he was a Mormon. Or you could have a regular wedding for 25 bucks. And I said, you know, it's God. I'll splurge. I said, you know what? We'll go with the Christian wedding for 50 bucks. So that was on a Saturday, October the 8th at 1 o'clock, we scheduled the wedding. So I had my best man, Pat Benefield, Good guy. He's an engineer. And then Debbie had her best man, my buddy Butchie Tad, who was always <laughs> head on her, and uh, her, maid of, her man of honor. And uh, so we were all set. Well, that morning, so I was a volunteer firefighter. I think one should serve the community and country the best they can. And I had a plextron. And I also had a beeper, and we had the alarm right across the street from the house when a fire. So that morning, about 10 o'clock, with plenty of time to get married at 1 o'clock, it went, my plextron's going off. I never beat anybody to the fire station. I said, this day, I go bailing, man. I'm just in my car, and I'm like, I got my blue light on, beeping my horn, siren, blinkers, you name it. I'm flying. I'm the first one there. I get to drive the fire truck. I go running in there. I'm so excited. And uh, so I go running in there. I start up the fire. You know, I open the door, stop the fire truck, pull it up. And uh, the guy who always beat me there, I think he slept in his fire boots. This guy weighed about 400 pounds. And I can't believe you beat me. And I said, Well, it's all right. And we went and we went to the fire, and it was a dump fire. And, man, that dump just kept burning, and I forgot about time. And, and I mean, they, they, we were drilling five inches right into the river and blowing out five inches. We had this beautiful pumper, and I'm out there fighting the dump fire, and, I mean, time just escaped me. <laughs> and this is what came over the radio. Do you have someone out there, Chief, who's getting married in a little while? Maybe. That'll, <laughs> that'll freak you out. I remember I said, chief, that's me. He said, give the host someone else to get in my truck. I remember getting in this truck like it was yesterday. And I got in his truck, and, and we're driving down the road, and he looked at me, and he said, it took 21 years for my wife to hate me, and you're starting out right there, right now. <laughs> man, man, I remember I, I got to the house, and I smelled like smoke, and I was about an hour and dump. in dump, about an hour, about an hour late. And I go busting in, and my buddy Butchie Tatters over there yelling at the Mormon preacher, you're waiting for him. He's fighting fire. He serves in the United States Army. He's getting all over him. And Pat's just laughing, and Debbie's mad. And so I go banging in the house. She just pointed toward the shower. So I took a shower, and the first word she said was, I do. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a true story. But anyway. I tell you that. It was 40 years ago. It was 40 years ago today at about 3 o'clock that we got married. But you know what the Bible says here? In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother was there. First thing I want you to think about is this married couple, because I think we can learn oodles from this married couple. You know what they did? They invited Christ to their wedding. Of all the people they could have invited, all the people they could have put on the invitation list, they said, we want our Lord and we want his disciples. We want them at the wedding. They invited Christ's mother to the wedding. They said, we want to ensure success in our marriage. We're going to invite everybody who's close to God, who knows God. We want to make this right. So there's married couple, right away, they start their marriage off right. They're inviting Christ. You know, we didn't invite Christ. I paid an extra 25 bucks and thought I was getting a, a, a Christian service, but we didn't know Christ. I got saved, folks. I still remember the day. It was in October. It was in October, it was October 15, 1993. I remember when I got saved, and the first thing I did, I was so excited, I got saved, but a, a guy died in my arms, and I, I called up Debbie and I said, Debbie, and this is just before I got saved, I called up Debbie and said, someone died, it's not me. Love you, bye. Click the phone, that's what you do in the army. You let people, you let your people know I'm not the guy who died, but you don't let them who di- know who died. And and I remembered I got saved, and and there was a big circumstances where there was an independent Baptist chaplain who actually led me to Jesus Christ. He opened the Word of God. It was just him and I. I can remember being down on my knees and him being over the top of me crying with his teardrops hitting me in the head and just begging God to save me, And, and what a work God did that day, and I remember I went home. It took a few hours. We had a memorial service, we had a bunch of different things that went on. I remember I went home, and as soon as I got home, the, the chaplain immediately gave me a business card, and the guy's name was Bill Stewart. and uh, Bob Stewart, I'm sorry. And he says Bill was his brother at a missionary to Germany. He gave me Bob Stewart, the pastor of Hillcrest Baptist Church in El Paso, Texas. And he said, this is your pastor. If you need anything, call him. So as soon as I got home, I called him up, and I said, I said, Pastor Stewart, I said, my name's Doug Carragher, and you need to get over here. I'm living with a reprobate. The phone went silent and he said, what's your name? And I said, my name's Doug. He said, when did you get saved? I said, about 9.15 this morning. And he said, "Where did you learn the word reprobate? And I said, I've never heard it before. I'm not even sure. He says, well, here's what we're going to do. I'll never forget this. He said, we're not going to call Debbie a reprobate anymore. He said, we're not going to use bad words. He says, we're going to love her. We're going to pray for her. He says, I'm coming out, but no more bad words. He said, we serve a God who's not a bad word God. We serve a God who can help us. we got a church that's a praying church. He encouraged me on the phone. He said, I'll be right there. No names. And he hung up the phone. And about 15 minutes later, I hear a knock on the door. Hey, man, there's a guy out there with a five-gallon hat on there in El Paso, Texas. It's like 100 degrees all the time. People say, well, there's no humidity. It's still 100 degrees, all right? Well, anyway, I, I opened the door and said, get in. You're like, up here, you open the door and say, get in before the cold gets in. Down there, you're like, get in before the air conditioner goes out. Yeah. But I opened the door and said, no, come here. I want to look at your truck. And I just said, it's an old Chevy, five-speed, six-cylinder. He's like, doesn't matter, man. Let's go look at it. I remember he put his arm around me, and he said, Doug, today you received the greatest gift that anybody will ever receive their entire life. And he said, what we got to do is let's pray for Debbie. Let's love Debbie. He says, I'm going to go in and share the gospel with her. But that word reprobate may have mess, mess things up a little. Or maybe, you know, it's not quite time for her. But I want her to know that I'm her pastor too and that I love her and that we're going to do everything we can to help her. And I remember I, we went back in the house. Him and I prayed, and he put his hat down, and he came in. He was so kind. He sat there at our table. We had little Doug who was three years old. And Debbie and I sitting there, and that pastor gave his testimony about being in the Korean War and accepting the Lord, and God wouldn't let him do anything else but serve him. And he was so kind, and he would stop and listen to Debbie, where'd you grow up? And he, he, he talked to her about her dad who had been in the Army. He was, he was just so exciting, and he was so nice. And I remember sitting there, and the first time in my life, I'm like, God save Debbie. I'm just sitting there, and I'm trying not to close my eyes. God, and he did that night. But I remember a pastor getting up from the table. I'll never forget what he did. He handed her a business card. That was back before cell phones, anything like that. And he said, hey, folks, I know that snuck up on us real quick. Listen, we're going to play the second part of this tomorrow. You don't want to miss that. We're so honored that you take the time to tune us in. We just ask for continued prayers as I continue to heal from my surgery and all that that's going on. We sure do love you. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow.
0: more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.